Hello and welcome to Revival and Extinction, the video game and media podcast where I play a game for at least five hours and tell you how good it is. I'm your host Adam Forrester and this week we will be delving into Mystery August with, again, an interactive crime novel. So, again, an interactive crime novel also released in Japan as, again, FBI Cho Shinri Sosakan, FBI Special Psychological Investigation Unit, is an adventure game developed by Ching and published by Tecmo for Nintendo DS. It was originally titled, again, Eye of Providence. So the story centers around an unsolved serial murder case reopened after 19 years called the Providence Murders in 1991. The killer would leave cut-out images of the Eye of Providence on an American dollar beside the victim. The player takes on the role of Jonathan Weaver, whose nickname is Jay, an FBI agent who, along with his partner Kate Hathaway, takes the case after receiving a postmarked letter with clues addressed to him. This leads them to Hotel Miranda, room 315, a starting point of new events. Again, begins on March 6, 2010, in the fictional city of Clockford in Pennsylvania. So again is primarily a visual novel, like Hotel Dusk, room 215, uh, the predecessor from Ching. The Nintendo DS is held on its side like a book, which was, I think, one of the real positives of this, really utilising the hardware to its fullest uh, with the touchscreen as well. The player has a list of locations where they talk to characters, ask them questions, and show them items in order to find answers. Unlike Hotel Dust, the game contains far less exploration and it only contains about 10 major 3D rooms or crime scenes to investigate. During these investigations, the player can look into the crime scene from the past, with the goal of trying to make the past and present crime scenes closer together. There are also some puzzles during these investigation sections, which involve tapping on the DS screen with the stylus. So I guess I'll jump into the negatives of this game. Uh, the first being that it's half FMV, I want to say. There's some full cutscenes and, like, the cutaway for the title screen is a big rip-off of Law & Order. Um, it kind of has the flashy, dramatic kind of entrance there. Um, but I guess the visuals, if I had to put it, were a definite no-no from me for this game. They weren't very good. They were half FMV. Um, keeping in mind that it is a DS game, it's going to be limited in that area. It still didn't really perform to its best, I guess, um, in that sense. And secondly was the music. Again, the DS has a limited chipset, I'm sure, but it can still uh, put through some some audio to a high standard. There's been plenty of DS games that do to a high standard. You look at the Pokemon games from that region uh, and also Ace Attorney and even things like Nintendogs had a decent kind of chipset. The audio on this was coming through real staticky for me. Um, 
I was playing this on original hardware. The game markets for about $15 Australian on Amazon at the moment. Despite the developer going into receivership and not continuing on with other games. Um, and I have liked their other works, uh, including that Hotel Dusk Room 215. Um, but I guess that's kind of where the negatives or the, the disadvantages of this game kind of end because everything else was pretty pretty good the characters were tropey um, and whilst this is a Japanese company trying to portray I guess an American law and order style of game it was overall it was done really well um, but definitely it was the story that drew me in so after after a bit um, you go through investigate all these victims because um, you have to revisit the four victims from the past serial killings in 1991 named Sam, Isabella, Duke and Charles and spoilers uh, for this game because the plot is spoilable you are tracking down a killer both from 1991 and now in 2010 um, so this is your spoiler warning so you find out that all all the past victims all somehow managed to obtain mysterious in mysterious circumstances large amounts of money and with the exception of Charles the taxi driver changed their names after this occurred so Jay's paranormal visions lead you to discover that each victim killed the next victim in the chain so Sam Isabella, Duke and Charles were all actually murderers um, so you learned that in 1976 the Baslock incident occurred in which the four 1991 victims desperate for money pulled off a robbery heist for a man named Hans Rickman however Hans intended to use them take the money and kill all four of them the group of four found out about this and killed Hans together the case was covered up by the police out of laziness and in order to keep their reputation clean. So then, jumping back to 2010, a similar string of murders occur in the same locations where the original victims were killed. Jay discovers that the current Providence killer is Henry Mills, his boss. Henry reenacted the murders, hoping to draw out the old Providence killer. As part of the reenactment, Henry almost kills Jay's adoptive father, but fails and instead succumbs to a seizure from a heart attack. Henry was also slowly dying of cancer. Like I said, tropey, but still super engrossing. So Jay then follows the trail to an abandoned factory and discovers that the old Providence killer is really Edward Gordon, his college professor, and that Edward Gordon is the son of Hans Rickman. Edward is a psychopath who openly admits that he is one, and came to believe his father was innocent and never intended to murder the original four bank robbers. So Edward wants revenge on his father's killers, hence he committed the 1991 killers killings which he was able to achieve by using their paranoia and forging threatening letters. Jay learns that his biological father knew the identity of Providence and was killed by Edward because he got too close to the truth. Jay discovers that he himself was essentially an experiment by Edward 
to see how a child would grow and develop after witnessing his parents die. He learns Edward wants to cover up the truth from the past and frame the second round of killings on Jay with a false claim that Jay used Henry Mills as his puppet. After Jay convinces Edward the evidence is stacked against him, Edward tries to kill himself. Kate, Jay's partner, ends up non-fatally shooting Edward before he can kill himself and the case is solved. After Jay returns to his childhood home, which burnt down, or there was a fire there set by Edward uh, 19 years ago, in which Jay escaped, or Jay was the only living member that escaped. So Jay's father, mother, and dog all died. Um, he believed his younger brother Danny died, but there was never any body from Danny. Um, so Jay returns to the building to try and find a lead on Danny, but finds nothing major. Only that he remembers Edward taking Danny. So after Celebrating solving the case with his team, he receives a phone call claiming that the Providence case is not entirely over and that more killings will occur. So that's the basic breakdown of the story and setting. Um, like I said, the voice acting and the, the FMV portrayal of the characters, overall they're pretty, pretty good characters when we're talking about a psychological crime drama. Um, Jay's ability to be able to travel back into the past is never really explained. It's kind of linked to the trauma of the house fire, but how experiencing a trauma would be able to make him time travel, um, because the puzzles themselves are Jay going back into the past, interacting with items in the past to, I guess, make the make what happened come to pass and be told in front of his eyes. So he's like a silent observer ghost that can interact with the world but can't interact with the players of that world when he travels back to 1991. And the game kind of tries to link that to his trauma from the house fire and Edward's involvement in it. Um, but apart from being his college professor and his dad and Jay's dad finding out that Edward was the original Providence, um, there's not much more there. It's tenuous at best. However, it's that good pulpy kind of off the wall, um, almost to the point of Deadly Premonition type story, Deadly Premonition slash Alan Wake type story. So if you like those games that are kind of off the wall, kind of go against the the norms of what a crime drama should be and you have a DS or even you can emulate this easy on PC as well. Um, I, I initially tried that and had a bit of frame rate trouble which for a visual novel isn't great. Um, the text was either going too slow for me to read or too fast for me to read and the investigative portions are few and far between. Uh, so it's basically just exploring options, tapping. You can't really have a game over unless you fail the puzzles themselves and play out the events back in 91. Um, but overall, I would recommend this game to anyone that loves the psychological crime drama or visual novels in general. Um, just don't get too hung up on the visuals of the visual novel part because the story is where it's all at. 
So that ends this episode, and I guess curtails Mystery August for us. Um, I'll be taking a quick, a one-week break um, before we start diving into the next lot of games, which will be Layers of Fear, uh, Fuga, Melodies of Steel, and two others, which I haven't decided just yet. Once again, though, thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to find me on social media, I am Revival and Extinction in all good podcast platforms. Uh, head on over to the Steam Machine Network Discord, uh, where I hang out, along with the other shows there, uh, Steam Machine Podcast, yet another BS Podcast, and Team Retro's YouTube channel which is bit.ly, TSMP, Discord, all caps. If you want to go over and meet a great bunch of people there. Uh, I do have a Patreon, uh, which is www.patreon slash rndpod. So at the moment, I'm just working through the Dragon Quest games there because they are super light on, I guess, verbal, what I can verbalize in terms of content with those. I am more convening an essay type piece of literature there, bit facetious to call it literature, uh, review of Dragon Quest 1 is up there at the moment and also moving through the Game Boy games that I completed for the first time this year that I owned as a child, uh, James Bond 007 Game Boy is also up there. So for those shorter games that I don't really think would fit the format of the verbal show, uh, they're going up on the Patreon as written format. But once again, thank you all for listening. I am Adam Forrester, and this is Revival and Extinction. Have a good one.